Welcome to Episode 5 of Spinal Tap Minute, a podcast where we'll analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. My name is Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And with us today, we have the muscle behind the Back to the Future Minute podcast and Dueling Genre Productions, Scott Corelli. <laughs> I Hello, have, Scott. Uh, I've, I've never been introduced as the muscle before, so <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> we uh, I didn't to- realize it was a secret. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Scott. Um, I've been enjoying Back to the Future and also... Um, listening to you guest on Harry Potter and a couple others I probably can't remember right now. And so we're really happy to have you here with us. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're, we're excited to have you. And we are here to discuss Minute 5 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. And Minute 5 begins with the finale of Tonight, I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight. It ends with a, a clip from the band performing on the television show Pop, Look and Listen. Uh, and in between... We get a little up close and personal as Marty interviews the band Spinal Tap. Marty, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just kind of refreshing here. Of course, I've been watching this minute for the last week over and over again. And what's actually really hitting me is that we get to see some serious, hairy, sheer, hairy chest and some sexy nipple action. Everybody's really rocking out here on the stage right now. A- absolutely, absolutely. I mean there's there's some there's some good stuff in the interview that I that I want to talk about, but we we cannot skip over. It's only about 8 or 9 seconds at the beginning of the minute. It's just the very end, the finale of the song, but they are rocking it out. They are finishing strong. You've got our our three lead members, David, Nigel, um, and Derek, they're right up on the edge of the stage. They're they're pointing the the guitars out towards the the audience like machine guns, and they are just rocking it to a finish. Um, and like you said, Derek is uh is dressed to impress, no doubt. For dressed sure, to impress. I think the juxtaposition of the performances of Spinal Tap versus all of the sort of uh, like talking head documentary stuff, um, the juxtaposition of the way that the bands at, the band acts like on stage, their performance personas, and then their off stage personas. I think it's probably my favorite thing about this movie mm-hmm. is that when they're on stage, they really just, I mean, they look like any other rock band. From that era, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily, if you saw it out of context, and maybe if you weren't paying so close attention to the lyrics, you wouldn't know that this wasn't real. Like that they were, this is like a joke. But yeah, because because yeah, I mean they just they play it so straight, and then you know you get the interview stuff like in this minute, and you're just, it, it, I mean, and that, that's not to say that they don't play that straight too, but their persona completely changes where they're, they're very cool and collected. Uh, yeah. And when yeah. meanwhile, like it was a hard cut from, you know, them having their tongues out and like aiming their stuff, like, <laughs> like machine guns. And you just cut to them just like sitting very politely <laughs> in these chairs outside this mansion. It's it, like that, that juxtaposition I think is my favorite thing about this movie. 
That's great. Yeah, because I until you really put that into words, it just didn't come up in my mind that way. But you're right. They're so subdued. A lot of most of them have their legs crossed. Mm-hmm. There's a pipe. There's a cigarette. They're dressed in their rock and roll casual wear. <laughs> <laughs> and I also noticed that Marty's in a very um, director chair kind of chair, too. So it looks like he's really brought that power chair. Mm-hmm. to keep himself feeling like he's in the director's seat, even when interviewing. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is something I think we'll see repeatedly through the movie, sort of a theme that, that runs through it. Um, the dueling persona that on stage, they're just cutting loose. It's rock and roll. It's pedal to the metal. It's that driving four beat on the bass drum. And then off stage, they've got to navigate the real world. They've got to be real people in the real world. And you can't you, you can't rock and roll twenty four seven, not at this stage. I mean they've been they've been around, and we'll, we'll hear a little bit later in the minute. They talk about David or Marty's talks about David starting a band back in in sixty four, and they're filming in eighty two. So it's eighteen years. So time, I think we get the impression that time has mellowed these gentlemen. Maybe at one point it was rock and roll all night and party every day, but it's not that way anymore. There's different. There's definitely a different tap that we see that we see when they get off screen and we see those interviews. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of meeting a few different musicians that I've met over the years, and how, yeah, how different they can be compared to on stage. You know, just definitely like, oh, this is my performance side, and this is my green room, just getting, just relaxing and getting something to drink and chilling or even kind of hiding in the corner and not wanting to talk with anybody kind of a mm-hmm. thing. It's right. a little bit like, like being an actor. They've, they've got the, the show must go on. And if you're not happy or you're not up, you don't feel like rocking and there's a show to play. You got to get out there and, and rock it, whether you feel like it or not. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can segue to uh, about 10 seconds in where we're, where Marty's there interviewing the band. He's very, as you said, Heidi, he's very director. He's very serious. He's got his chair. He's still got that same hat on that we saw in the opening. He's still rocking his uh, Oral C hat. And I'll just make a quick note. The, uh, the band, so we're in front of, uh, this is actually Nigel's castle in Scotland, uh, a castle that, that Nigel's purchased. And you can see it's, it's not in the best shape. In, in the very beginning, when they when they pull back and you can see all five band, band members, you can see behind them, it looks like there's construction. There's something going on. You can see just bare wood through some of the windows. So maybe he's doing a little bit too much rocking and not enough uh, upkeep of the old homestead here. I was going to say not enough caulking. Caulking is hard to say. <laughs> Not enough caulking yeah. sounds a little dirty. <laughs> but the, and this is a really pivotal moment in in the movie early on because it's our first exposure to these gentlemen as as individuals. So we did see them earlier walking through an airport as they arrive in New York. We've seen them on stage. We've seen them rocking out. Um, but this is the first time we're actually getting to hear them and and speak with them and get a little bit of taste of their personality behind you know, apart from that, that stage persona. And, and one thing I'll, I'll jump in and point out, 
that uh, another theme that we'll see running through the movie is that we're really focused on David and Nigel. They're doing most of the speaking here. Marty is addressing them. And going back to the, the shooting outline that I've mentioned before, in the original introduction that was written for Marty, he actually mentions, I actually have the line here, it says, uh, he, he mentions Nigel and David as Spinal Tap's twin creative force. Um, so that was originally in there, in that introduction, to, to kind of let us key us in on on these two individuals, the two lead guitars, that part eventually got cut out of the introduction that makes it into the movie. So this is our first indication that it isn't just about the band. It's about David and Nigel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see that. We'll see as that grows, as that flows, as that relationship evolves throughout the movie. It's like uh, Nigel's wearing a kilt, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> His, yeah. That's his casual, his rock star casual wears a kilt. Yeah. Well, it's interesting often. because he's wearing a kilt and then that t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I, until you go back and watch these movies one minute at a time. <laughs> I mean, I always kind of remembered that they had interesting t-shirts, but like this looks like something people would wear now, right? It's like... Yeah, you could totally buy that shirt. Skulls and bones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's skulls and bones, but it's like in a in a... Almost like a Charlie Brown pattern, right? Right. Like <laughs> right. There's this thing that Nigel is doing, uh, like just the body language, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is, uh, I think one of the most interesting parts about these movies. Um, you know, this being sort of like the first of that, uh, that whole brand with the, um, I'm forgetting the 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 director's name, not Rob Reiner, but the the guy who went on to make a ton of movies like this, Christopher um, Guest. Yeah, Christopher. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Guest. So, so there's this thing with Christopher Guest movies where they get the the actors get to sort of inhabit these characters and create body languages and everything for them. And uh, Nigel here, he's doing this thing with his cigarette where he's sort of emphasizing his point with it, but then he he like scratches his nose and he has to mm-hmm. hold the cigarette while he scratches his nose. And I I was in sort of my local music scene. And so I knew a lot of guys like this and that body language is so specific to those guys that they never want to stop having like the cool guy. (laughs) I'm holding a cigarette move with the hand, but then they have an itchy nose. So they're like trying to be cool while they're scratching their nose and it just looks really silly. And, and he's doing that here. And I just, it's, it's, immediately taking me back to like all those scene guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally get that. And and I remember I mentioned this in a, uh, an earlier minute is that I was really falling in love with this movie on all all the different levels, you know, the the genius of it, the comedy, but also that these guys are like, you know, hot rock and roller guys. I mean, the wigs are a little little his wig's a little a little high <laughs> it's a little wiggy but yeah. i mean he looks like the guy that you'd be like oh he's so cute and oh he seems so introspective and definitely you know the cleft <laughs> chin and and uh yeah i mean i definitely i definitely know what you mean <laughs> you mean about the the it's he he does embody it perfectly oh yeah yeah, yeah, and they're they are a good looking band, for yeah. sure. 
Definitely. So let's see. I had a couple of things here I wanted to share. Um, kind of getting organized here. I've got a lot of tabs open today, guys. Um, <laughs> so Michael McKeon, who's playing David here, of course, um, or what I remember him was from, uh, you know, Lenny and Squiggy from on La Laverne and Shirley. Mm -hmm. And I was a big fan of those guys. But I was also noticing something interesting um, on Wikipedia about him, which was that his father was one of the founders of Decca Records. Oh. And Decca, Decca Records in... There's a British record label of it, but also the American record label, which was in New York. So since he was brought up in New York, I'm assuming that's the part his father was a part of. But there are a couple things about that that I, I just connected to right away. One of them was that the that Decca Records in the 30s and 40s was responsible for some of the biggest like R&B and crossover acts that I'm really interested in music-wise, like specifically Louis Jordan. Are you guys familiar with him? Mm -mm. No, I'm, I'm not. So he is an early, super successful African-American artist. Uh, he played with large groups. You know, he had small combos. He played, he was a big crossover guy, so he could play in big bands do uh, jazz blues, boogie woogie, um, all sorts of stuff. But it really turned, he was one of those, oh, this is how blues and R&B become rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So you'd probably recognize some of his songs like um, Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens, uh, that kind <laughs> of stuff <laughs> that uh, yeah. some of it like got into some of the early um, cartoons, you know, like when you'd hear um, cartoons and there'd be like kind of jazzy bluesy jumpy music playing yeah. or the you know uh the characters in the early cartoons would be playing them he was one of those guys and actually as a performer um as a singer i've sung several of his so uh, is you is or is you ain't my baby is one of them yeah. and uh so yeah so that was just kind of interesting but the other thing i thought was that deca records is now owned by Vivendi, the media conglomerate oh. <laughs> Vivendi, which is what all the guys, the Spinal Tap guys, are suing them right now for royalties from this from movie. From the movie, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I know I know Decca from musicals. Mm -hmm. um, things like um, Bing Crosby and White Christmas, mm -hmm. and then a lot of like the cast recordings. I'm thinking like like Oklahoma and Annie Get Your Gun, like mm -hmm. those kind of the, in, in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, I actually have um, when I'm not on the the cutting edge of technology and podcasting. I also have a, an old Victrola uh, 78. Back in those days, a lot of the the company that put out the hardware was also putting out the software. So I have a lot of RCA Victor records, but there's also a lot of Deca 78s as well. So, yeah, I've got a lot of old Decca records. So that's a really interesting connection. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of where I put my energy was sort of looking at, you know, a little bit about David St. Hubbins. <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the things that they go over while Marty's interviewing David and Nigel is they talk about uh, names of different bands that they were in 
before Spinal Tap. And, and one of the things was, they talk about the originals, which is such an original name that there was already a band <laughs> named Originals. And then they had to change their name, which just shows you how original uh, that name is. This joke is... <laughs> I mean, it's it's so subtly brilliant, I think. And it's the sort of joke that I don't feel was a thing yet. I mean, it's it's the kind of humor that you see in, um, you know, because I mean, this was the 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 sort of granddaddy of these mockumentary style mm-hmm. uh, yeah. comedies that were movies, and now the, the, you know, after The Office, it was like every other show was one of these, every other sitcom, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of humor is played in those shows and stuff all the time. But this is, I mean, it's just so. <laughs> we were called ourselves the originals, but there was another band called the originals, so we had to call ourselves something else. It's, and, and they just, they just, like, my favorite part of that is when they're talking about that, they keep cutting back to Marty. And there is no way, there's no way Rob Reiner is listening to this. There's no way. Because he would never be able to keep that straight of a face. I mean, I know he he was meathead or whatever, so like you know, I I'm I'm sure I'm sure he would have been fine, but like the way the level of straight face that they keep cutting to, there's no way that they didn't just okay, now we're just gonna record like Marty Tone, where he's right. just gonna look forward and kind of like blink and nod. Well, um, I wonder if he's he's fighting it because he it looks like the sun's behind him, mm. but he's squinting. He's like he looks very tense, so he may be fighting a laugh. Um, yeah, but you're yeah. right, and, and I just want to jump in <laughs> just in case anyone saying, "Well, yeah, you're you're watching the movie one minute at a time, so of course you love it." Just to ju- a juxtaposition of you know, here's the joke done right, and I'll give you an example of of a similar joke done wrong. This reminded me of the movie Airheads, the a- Adam Sandler vehicle. Oh, it was a it was a Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Or Brent, yeah. Yeah. Brent, I mean, I mean, Adam Sandler. Isn't that a Steve Buscemi movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve Buscemi's yes. in it. The, yeah, the I don't, Steve I don't Buscemi think, vehicle. Uh, but I don't, uh, I don't think, I don't think Adam Sandler. I don't think even think Billy Madison had happened yet. No, mm. no, it, this is a young Adam Sandler. I guess yeah. it's more yeah, Brendan Fraser and and and, and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> but, but the band in that movie is the Lone Rangers. Right. Mm. And the joke being, well, Lone should be one, but Rangers is plural. The problem I, with I, the I Lone Rangers joke, like they run it into the ground. Like yeah, well, every and, time and they like, introduce themselves, the person yeah. is like, shouldn't that be, wait, Lone Rangers? Like every single person they mention it to is confused. Whereas exactly. This, someone, like, yeah. there's a, you know, someone has to point it out in the movie to say, Right. Uh, that, that's right. stupid. You know, someone's got to point out Lone Rangers. That doesn't make sense. It's like they're explaining the joke within the movie. Right. But in here, it just goes. Right. Studio Studio, studio filmmaking at its finest. I'm sure that was a note. <laughs> yeah. 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 They got a note saying you have to explain that this is a joke because people might think you're serious. Here it's, you know, <laughs> they just let it go. Yeah. And if you pick it up, fine. If you miss it, they're moving on. Right. Um, yeah, which the, is the, which the, is most of the jokes in this movie, and which is yeah. why 
I think this movie holds up to repeated viewing more than a lot of comedies because you you just you you like you'll hear the same joke like seven times, you know, on on seven different uh, viewings, and the seventh time you'll be like, oh, like you'll pick up on another level to the joke. Yeah, um, totally. So good. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so. My- so oh, go ahead, Sean. That just I just want us, you know, that shows you all the people that said you couldn't do a comedy minute by minute. <laughs> you, just, you just didn't have the right comedy. So there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I love the name The Regulars. That the regular. is that's like the cherry on top of the new originals and the originals, you know, The Regulars, the most boring ass band name <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the you know what though the new originals that's not a that's not a bad name for a band. No. like it's 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 like kind of like ironic goofy and like yeah. the way that like you know like the new pornographers or something right um yeah i could totally see that working as a band name if it hadn't been used in this movie <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. so so now you could do it and in kind of a a purposely ironic way, mm-hmm. you could be the new originals. Right. Actually, in Sacramento, there was a band um, called Ian Faith. And, like, great, great name, you know. But it was oh. so weird because the guy who led that band had no sense of humor at all. Absolutely none. I actually used to have a zine uh, back in the 90s when, you know, when you had a zine. And it was called Teen Meat. So it was a play on Teen Beat, Tiger Beat, etc. I know I'm mm-hmm. explaining it. So that's just like what we're saying, make something uh-huh. not funny. But we, my friend, my uh, best girlfriend and I would go out and do these sincere Tiger Beat type interviews with local musicians in Sacramento. So we'd ask them their favorite color and, you know, what their idea of a favorite date was. And we'd do a spread in the middle of the magazine with some grungy punk guy in his 30s, you know, trying to look sexy with a teddy bear or something like that. And and it was really funny and great. And it was really well received. And Tower Tower um, Tower Records even you know picked us up and put us in their magazine department and um, all over the world. And it, it was really fun. Um, but yeah, I remember that the lead singer of Ian Faith just didn't get it. I was like, how could you have named your band after somebody from Spinal Tap and not be getting what we're doing here? So yeah. Well, unless he thought Spinal Tap was a legitimate documentary. <laughs> That's very possible. Very <laughs> possible. Well, we're getting to, gosh, towards the end here really quickly. These yes, minutes just we, fly we've, by. Yeah, we, we've covered the interview. This minute ends with uh, a few seconds of a flashback to a performance. They're banned after... Um, after the regulars, or after the new originals, they became the, the Thamesmen, and we see them performing Give Me Some Money on, on Pop, Look, and Listen back in 1965, because this performance um, will float over to the next minute. So I think Heidi and I will save our observations for next week, unless you object, Heidi. Um, well, I have one little thing. Okay, and very- certainly, Scott, if you have anything to say on on Give Me Some Money, please chime in. 
Uh, I I just I I mean you, them being sort of a pop rock band in the '60s, of course, is going to make me immediately think of well, because of who I am, it's immediately going to make me think of uh, of that thing you do, and then it yeah. makes me think of <laughs> the Beatles, and I just the idea that the Beatles would have would if they had stayed together would have eventually evolved into a hair metal band. <laughs> Just really makes me laugh <laughs> because because that's the suggestion by this, yeah. right? Oh yeah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I am so glad you said that because I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie was to kind of show up all the folks that said you can't do a comedy mm-hmm. one minute at a time. But also, I think there's a there's a lot of I don't know maybe I don't get it. There's a lot of things about this movie that people say are funny that I don't think are jokes. Mm. And one of those things is all the different styles, that this band is really a chameleon. They kind of jump on the latest thing. They're skiffle, which is sort of a a blues-infused folk back in the early 60s. And then they're doing this sort of Dave Clark 5 or early Beatles British Invasion stuff in the mid-60s. And then Mm -hmm. they go into kind of flower power and hippie stuff in the late 60s and then eventually they hit you know it's it's the early 80s and their their hair metal but if you look at the bands that that have gone through and the Beatles are a great example that their style changed their music changed it evolved in in a natural way now maybe you can say the Beatles were more on the forefront in leading that change Whereas a band like Spinal Tap may have been chasing chasing the fashion and not being as much of a leader, but you know if you're you're around long enough, things are going to change. And and I don't know if it's if it's insane to say would the Beatles have ended up as a hair metal band if it stayed together? <laughs> All right, maybe I'm just not. I'm just picturing Ringo behind an obnoxiously large drum set. <laughs> I can see that. I can just, see. Yeah, that. Ringo in the middle of like the Neil Pert drum set, symbols <laughs> right. everywhere. Yeah. We'll have to ask. Oh, Jerry they Taylor absolutely would have been uh, a Rush kind of band in the seventies. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, they would have gotten there for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, they kind of touch on that with something like I don't know Stonehenge or something. Just the right. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm looking at the where the minute starts and where the minute ends. And um, Scott, you're talking about body language earlier, and and I mean, wow, the difference between the way they're moving around on stage uh, earlier as the the Thamesman, and then how they're moving at the beginning of this minute, a little oh, bit yeah. different. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're That's, really yeah, bouncing yeah. around in hey, this last that, that last few seconds. <laughs> Bouncing and jangling about, and uh, well, they're a lot. They're a lot freer because you see that the Thamesmen, they're you know, it's a uniform. They're all the skinny tie and a jacket, and, right? And they're much more formal, but they're all wearing the same thing. When you when you look back in the minute, but in the future of current day, nineteen eighty two, Spinal Tap, and and everyone's wearing something different. Yeah, uh, times have changed. Times have changed. <laughs> and and I I would be remiss if not to mention that we do get a little touch of Ed Bagley Jr. here. 
A little, little bit of a head bob. So, yeah, I don't think I have much more about this minute. Maybe, Sean, if you wanted to hop back in and and, um, you can ask Scott about any Spinal Tap minutes in real life. Yeah, so, um, Scott, one of the things we've been doing is asking our guests if they have any any real-life Spinal Tap moments, any kind of wacky or, or funny experiences, either as a performer or as an audience member in concerts or anything else. Uh, anything kind of spinal tapish ever happened to you? Uh, well, I mean, as I sort of alluded to, um, I, I was a musician in uh, my early, like in my late teens, early twenties. Uh, I was in a lot of bands. I was in my local music scene and uh i mean you know i i look back at that part of my life in uh fondness/embarrassment f- fondestment <laughs> i don't um it's it's uh you know when you're uh when you're like 17 18 19 like you just you get a big head and you just it's it's not great and i i yeah i mean there's there's tons of moments that i can think of like i remember uh, early, early on attempting to cover a Ramon song and I was doing an up down motion. And then someone in the audience was making a down, 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 down motion. Like, no, <laughs> this is how you play it. And he like corrected me from, from off awesome. stage. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, you know, that's happened. I've had, I had uh I played a show with one of my bands and we had two people come up uh and and you know talk about like oh my god that was so good and blah 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 and now you know being a 31 year old looking back at that moment I go they were being ironic like they mm. they were making fun of us like they oh. came up to us and was like oh my god you're so good but <laughs> then they like ran away and like snickered with their friends and we all thought it was real and was like yeah this is awesome we've made it guys <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i mean it's it was i mean it was basically a constant barrage of spinal tap moments <laughs> um you know going from uh, band to band uh, i remember this is a really great kind of spinal tap situation so i uh, I, I, there was a band who, um, had open auditions for a new guitarist and I auditioned and I came in with like some songs I had written and they really liked the songs. This was toward the end of, of my, uh, ill-fated music career. Um, and, uh, they really liked the songs that I wrote and, uh, you know, had me join their band and we practiced and practiced and practiced. We played one show and it went really really well not ironically well uh everyone even the people who like really didn't like me in other bands were like actually that was pretty good good work you know and i was like okay cool like maybe this is gonna work out um we recorded a, a an ep we got into the battle of the bands and then as soon as we got into the battle of the bands uh the band shows up at my door and says you're out of the band because we want to be a screamo band now <laughs> and we have a new we have a new singer and uh actually we have two new singers and one's going to scream and the other one's going to sing and uh yeah you're out of the band um <laughs> i was like what uh, uh okay 
Um, and and so they they you know they went to the battle of the bands, lost terribly because uh, no one is going to vote for a screamo band yeah. at like a city battle of the bands. Um, and it was yeah, it was just it was just really surreal experience. It was the last band I was ever in. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was funny because we had built up like this whole thing. We had this one really great show and then, yeah, you're out of the band. We're going to do this other uh, thing now. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. So yeah. And then I, uh, the next day I sold my, uh, I sold my half stack and all my instruments and, uh, uh, started reading comic books. So that's, that's what happened. Um, I'm much happier now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's probably a good segue, unless there's anything else about Spinal Tap or this is Spinal Tap that we want to talk about. Um, perhaps we'll start wrapping up this episode. I don't yeah, that's good. You guys down with the wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is episode that's coming out on Friday. So it's the end of our Movies by Minutes All Star Week of uh, Spinal Tap Minute and. So I'm not going to talk too much about all of the stuff we usually talk about. You know where to find us. We're at SpinalTapMinute.com, and that'll get you to everything for subscriptions and social links, etc. But we thought we would spend a couple extra minutes maybe talking about other projects that we do, that Sean and I do, or um, kind of how we got this going. And then uh, we'll ask Scott, too, to share about what's going on with him. So... Real quick, um, I have been a rabid podcast fan for the last, I guess, six or seven years. And my husband first turned me on to podcasting by, let's see, he suggested me listening to The Nerdist, and that was just starting. So it was about, I think they'd released about five or 10 episodes by then. And then also Doug Loves Movies. Um, and I, it really helped me not only because it was fun and entertaining and it was just a great way to listen to, you know, mostly comedians talking with other comedians and all that, but also because I work for myself. So I'm a, I, I've been a musician. I've been a singer. I'm not in a project right now. But for the last three years, I've been a creative life coach. So I went to school for life coaching and decided that I really wanted to work with other creative-minded um, people like me. And it's really fun and rewarding, but you do, when you work for yourself, often spend a lot of time by yourself. So as a creative life coach, it's fun to go out and mix it up. And, and I do coaching one-on-one -on -one with people over the phone and in person. And I also do group coaching. But also when I'm by myself, I was having problems kind of, I don't know, having problems adjusting to working on my own. So I really think podcasting listening to podcasts really kind of helped me stay connected. You know, obviously I'm not talking with the the people <laughs> that are <laughs> but I'm listening and kind of uh, you know feel like I'm sort of engaged in the conversation. So that's a little bit about how I came to it. And then when I discovered um Star Wars Minute through uh Doug Benson of Doug Loves Movies talking about him host uh guesting on that I absolutely fell in love with that podcast. And then um, once I started seeing that other people were doing movies by minutes, 
podcasts, I thought, oh, this is this is a great place for me to start. I've I've wanted to podcast for the last few years. This is where I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick one of my absolute favorite movies. And um, so I just, you know, registered the domain name, the Twitter name, the Instagram name, and then put out the call to the universe. And as we mentioned on another episode, that's how I felt found Sean was through um, a Twitter post. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll pick it up from there. I'm a developer by day, computer developer. So I program in my my day job. I kind of came to to podcasts from a from a similar angle through. Well, certainly came to the the movie by minutes movement through a Star Wars minute that was recommended to me uh, by my brother. Before that, I mostly been listening to NPR shows, Fresh Air and Science Friday and, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and, and that kind of stuff. Then just was introduced to to really a whole new world. And I certainly kind of feel that the, the social aspect that um, that Heidi mentioned, um, especially with with the social media that gets involved, listening to something like, like Star Wars Minute kind of feels like um, at, at a party or at a seminar, like-minded people, similar geeky people with interests in, in similar movies and, and a similar drive to to dive into the minutiae. Um, and so it was really, uh, really exciting to, to feel like a part of that community. Um, and then I branched out into uh, some of the other movies um, being covered in, in the movie-by-minute format. I I decided to to get into podcasting and, and actually had kicked around some some ideas with my brother and, and some movies. The 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 various movies that we were we were talking about, I think the common thread was that they were comedies. Um they were all comedies, but they all had something else. You know, we weren't just going to sit around and every minute say, "Oh yeah, that was funny or that's a good joke." Um, they were they're all movies that I felt at least had had more depth and and there were there were other angles to pursue other than just being being great comedies. But before I felt comfortable to do that, I decided let me do something kind of to ramp up an, an introduction to podcasting. Let me do something before I get into to movies. And I wanted to kind of have the the podcasting experience, something I could record and edit and and do introductions and closing. But I didn't have content. Like, so what do you do in, in the middle where you talk about whatever the podcast is about? And that's where I came up with the idea of five minutes of mime. So, you know, I could do a podcast. I can introdu- introduce it in the beginning. I can say the name of the podcast and kind of state a theme or a message for the day. And then just kind of have someone else do the performance in the middle. And then at the end, I wrap it up and I, I have a closing statement as a way to, again, to, to get into podcasting and not worry so much about the, the content in the middle, let the mimes do the performances, and then I'll worry about the, the podcasting stuff. And that was kind of <laughs> the birth of that. And then, so while I was kind of setting up things for the podcast, I'm like, well, you got to have a, you have a website, you got to put your, your files online so people can download it. And then, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, um, which I'm normally not very active on. But I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to be doing Twitter to promote my my podcast, I should go on Twitter and uh, and see what's going on there. And I happened to come upon the 
uh, Star Wars Minute Twitter feed where they had retweeted Heidi's message about thinking about doing or, or planning to do Spinal Tap and looking for co-hosts. And I thought, well, this is great. This is, you know, I'm looking to get into podcasting. At this point, I was still, five minutes of mime was, was still in the development stage. I was still interviewing mimes and, and just trying to get things started. And I thought, well, here's someone who obviously is experienced in the business of podcasting. <laughs> um so I'll, you know, and I'll just kind of, you know, she'll she'll be like a mentor. She'll she'll guide me through and she'll teach me and I'll get the benefit of her podcasting experience because I had none. So I replied, I replied to the tweet, or I sent her a direct message through Twitter. And uh and then she's like, "Yeah, no, I've never podcasted before either. I have no idea what I'm doing." Um and I'm like, "Well, I don't have any idea what I'm doing." So this sounds like a perfect marriage. This are a great, <laughs> not, you know, we're both married to other people, but this sounds like a great partnership. This Neither one of us has any marriage. idea, no pod experience. <laughs> let's let's do it. Absolutely, you know. So so and and it it fit very well with what I was already thinking about in terms of I, Spinal Tap was not one of the movies that I had planned on, but I don't know why. It's a movie I loved. It's a movie I've watched again and again over the years. And it fits perfectly within that theme of, you know, yes, it's a great comedy, one of the best of all time. And, and there's there's so much great about it on, on that aspect. Um, but there's so much else there to dig into more than just saying, oh, that's funny. That there really is, um, there's there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of serious moments in it as well. Mm -hmm. Um so that's kind of how I got here. You know, that's how I got to this point where we're wrapping up our first week of Spinal Tap Minute. Any Anything else to add, Scott? Uh, how did you find yourself in this position? What's your, what's your path? Uh, to, to this podcast? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of course, uh, I'm, I'm from duelinggenre.com, uh, which is a, uh, sort of a podcast network. I mean, it's, it's a, it's officially an, a production company. It's just that we happen to produce a lot of podcasts right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I do back to the future minute, uh, and that's sort of my, has been my entryway into the, uh, movies by minute family. And we are in right in the middle. I don't know when this episode is being released, but we're in the middle of Back to the Future Part 3 right now. Uh, it'll be our final season. I think we're wrapping up this summer with a series finale covering Back to the Future The Ride. And that'll be, uh, that'll be that. But uh, I have other Movies by Minute uh, podcasts uh, planned and on the way. Uh, that haven't been announced yet, so I'm not going to do that yet. But uh, yeah, so we I do have other ones uh, coming down the pipe. And then the other stuff that we do at Dueling Genre, uh, I co-host The Doctor's Companion, which is a Doctor Who podcast uh, with Nick from Back to the Future Minute, my co-host, and Cassandra Fredrickson, uh, who is also the co-host of Lord of the Rings Minute, which I don't do, but Dueling Genre produces. Um, and, uh, we do that one. Um, and then uh, geek by night is sort of our, our baby at that network. 
Uh, it's the one that we write and produce that's fully cast with actors and sound effects and all of that. It's an ongoing podcast series. Uh, and we're really proud of that show. Uh, it's, uh, it's like a kind of a show in the, in the, um, mold of like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's about superheroes only. They're not superheroes. They work at a comic book store and it's, um, you know, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's, I think it's funny and it has, uh, it definitely has its drama and its intrigue and things like that. Uh, it's a good mix uh, tonally, kind of like the the weed and stuff is, um, although probably not as good as that. But you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it sounds yeah. great. It sounds yeah, yeah. Just I, as I, I definitely definitely check that out if you can. It's it's Geek by Night. Um, I think we have. Uh, I assume by the time this comes out, um, we will have uh, probably sixteen, no, fourteen episodes out. I think. Um, so you know. Go uh, go check that out and go check out everything at duelinggenre.com, including like Harry Potter Minute, which again, I don't have anything to do with. I did guest on that and Lord of the Rings Minute. Uh, they're they're on they're part of the dueling genre family, but not uh, not anything that I have to thankfully deal with on a daily basis. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they are um they are really entertaining and a lot of fun. And I know I know I'm gonna be guesting on Harry Potter Minute coming up fairly soon and well, awesome. i think i think sean is going to be too so that'll be fun yeah, yeah very cool fit it in but yeah we're uh we're all all big fans of, of what you're doing over there at, at dueling genre it's all it's all good stuff thank you very Absolutely. much yeah well th- thank you scott for for stopping by and, and sharing this minute with us and i think that's it can we i think we will wrap, yeah. we'll wrap it up yeah thank you listeners thanks for having me uh, yeah, thanks for uh, you know for, for the listeners at home for sticking with us through uh, through this first week. We'll be back on Monday with minute number six. And until next time, and so say all of us. Tap, tap into, into America. America.